0: Come
1: on, Amen. A different shirt tonight. A different shirt tonight. I gotta keep everybody surprised. So tonight, what do you think we're talking about? Soul winning, Soul winning. Part, two. part two. I said it last week, and Zach was the one mm-hmm. that I made a joke, and I said, I don't know if Dad'll let me do it. And Zach goes, He will, and I said, He will. And then so now look at that. Mark chapter 11 says you have what you say. So we're starting with part two. I think this is an exciting thing because what it's doing is, as we're scattering seed, talking about this subject, what it's doing, it's birthing things in your heart. I know a lot of you have probably asked these questions. I would like to learn how to win people to Jesus. I'm not totally sure how or how do I start with that. And um, we got some things tonight that we'll give out. Um, who in my youth group wants to help pass this out? Faith... Here. We got some ushers tonight. Go down the rows, and you can just, Faith can start over there. You can start here and pass these out, and then you can pass them out on this side. I think we have enough. So these are, um just go, yeah, you go down that row. One kid goes down this row. I'm teaching them how to be ushers. Amen? This is how you learn to serve. We'll do it right during the church. Never too, never too late or early to learn. Um, so I've kind of had some... Uh, great experiences. And as we're growing in this, one thing I learned from Dr. TL is you have to give people material on how to start learning how to witness to people. And you can start training people as early as when they first get born again, how to share their faith. If you have extras, you can just put your hand up or give it back and then they can pass them out. So this is what the prayer of salvation. This is super easy. This is, Teresa gave me this idea. Actually, she's, I, I told her I would not use her as an example, but I'm going to use her an example. We were at the school the other day, and Teresa, how long have you been in this church? Not trying to, years. 13 years. And so Teresa is now learning, and she did the, she's done the salvation prayer two weeks in a row. And so what I've learned is you have to give people material to start somewhere with praying the prayer of salvation with people. And Teresa gave me this idea because she showed up to the school and she didn't know I was going to ask her, but she kind of knew it was going to happen. And I said, today you're going to be leading the salvation prayer for all the children. They're already there. And she did a great job. Second time. First one, you know, first one, she, uh, you know, a little shaky, but I was there to help go with people. It's fun when you're doing it with people. You may not always have people, but the second time I said, you'll do it again. And I'm making her do it from now on. I don't want to be the only one doing this or Megan. The goal is just to train disciples to go out and to make more disciples. And so she'll learn, she'll get kids saved, she'll teach them how, and then you just the multiplication begins, right? If you call Pastor Justin to come to every event, I, you're going to wear me out and I'll be dead in about 10 years, maybe even sooner. So what the job is, is that every believer is what we call an ambassador for Jesus Christ. The Bible says you should be ready to share an answer for the reason for the faith, which what you have. And so the best thing is, is uh, Romans 10, nine and 10. Uh, pastor has one It's Ephesians. You said two, was it one through one through five two, eight and nine. or two, eight and, nine. eight and nine. I thought it was. Um, so Ephesians two, one through five, and he hath quickened were dead in trespasses and sins, where in the time past you walked according to the curse of the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit, which now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we had our conversations in time past, lust of the flesh, filling desires of the flesh, one mind, were nature children of wrath. God, who is enriched in mercy for his great love, where he loved us, even when you were dead in sins, he'd quickened us together with Christ. But the beginning of that says he hath quickened you who were dead in trespasses and sins. So when you're ministering to people Pastor made a good point earlier, and I may let him come up and share it at the end if he wants to a little bit, that you need to have at least three scriptures that you're really, three or four that you're really good at. Uh, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, especially when people are asking about, do all, me and Megan were talking with a young man today, our sales rep, and he was trying to sell us, but we sold him. And because, um, you know, we're, like I said last week, I asked him a lot of questions about sales because he's been in sales for 25 years. So we talked and I said, I like what you do because I love selling the gospel of Jesus to people and how to relate to people. Because he said, I studied psychology of people and, um, and how that people work and what opens people up to where they wanna talk to you and that they wanna buy from you and that they trust you. And so I thought it was really interesting and we had talked and he had made a comment to me today and it's the same thing Angela had brought up when people say, when people ask, what religion are you? Because he said the, kind of the same question, you know, about his mom growing up as a Jehovah's Witness, but her belief in Jesus in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, I am truth, and I am life. And so all religions offer lessons, but Jesus says, I've come to give you eternal life. So when people want to talk about religion, you go back to talking about, do you have Jesus as not just a religion or a set of duties and rules? I, I've probably, in the last two days, I've talked to 13 people. Just not even trying, just running in, like randomly running into people. And then in the last week, me and my buddy were sitting, he came to the conference and he was asking me about Catholicism. He grew up in that, in the Pope, in the religion, in the rituals. And I, he says, what should I do? I said, you need to go somewhere where they're teaching you truth and life, not a set of rules that you must follow. Now, this is getting deeper into soul winning because now you're discipling people. Not a set of rules, but you need to have an experience with Jesus, I told this to the man today, tell your testimony when you're sold, they can't refute it. And I told this man, my testimony, he is a Christian, but he's a very baby Christian. And I invited him to church. But I said, when you're sharing the gospel, if you're selling something, I don't care what you look like. If you are passionate about what you are selling, people will believe you. This guy last night I was talking to at the gym. I met him and three other guys. I walked up to him. I remember he smelled really good at the gym. I look for openers. You know what, icebreakers? It works. So I I thought, you know, last time I ran into him, he smelled really good and he's covered in tattoos. I mean, dreads, gauges, tattoos from head to toe. I thought, he looks like he doesn't smell good. When I came in contact, he smelled great. I thought, and it messes with your mind. You're like, this guy looks like he's dirty, but he smells amazing. And I have no judgment against tattoos and whatever. If you want to do that, that, that's on you. You know, Jesus says he's going to put your flesh into the dirt and take your spirit to heaven. It's just that people most people are gonna perceive you as you're dangerous or crazy or I don't know, you've got something going on with you. So I tell people, I said, I'd err on the side away from it because people do get scared in society. I mean, I I would have looked at him years ago and been like, I ain't even going near that guy. He'd probably cut my, you'd probably pull a knife out and stab me. That's just how we've taught to think you watch all the movies growing up, the gang members are tatted up, they'll stab you, shank you, shoot you, whatever. So, but I don't care anymore because I have those guys in my life in the gym now. The guy I was talking to today, he he was in the Aryan Brotherhood in in California way back in the, what, 60s and 70s. And he's been shot five times. And so him and I have talked so much. I love him. I don't know what he's, he's told me crazy stories. I don't know what to believe with him, but I believe him because he's the same way. Tatted up, got all the gang. He's still, you can't never leave. It's blood in, blood out is what he said. But he's a Christian now. He's a baby. And I've been talking to him about, this morning we talked for like an an hour at the gym. Just, he he comes up to me now. He walks up to me and he's like, hey brother, How's it going, you know? And I'm like, Hey, Byron, you're doing great. He goes, I'm a little bit bad and I'm getting a little bit better. I said, well, you're a man of God, full of the life of God. He goes, well, I wouldn't say that yet. I still got some evil in me, you know? (laughs) So he goes, I, I still have the devil on one shoulder, and, and I'm hearing God over here, but I still yield to this guy more often, you know. So he goes, I'm, I'm leaving Orlando to Orlando to do some trouble. I was like, all right, brother, well, you got the life of God and nature of Jesus. You're a new creature in Christ. And he's like, whatever you say, pastor, and he walks off, you know. <laughs> he's receiving it, which is funny is because I'm, and I'm 34, and this guy is probably in his 60s and in gangs and in the prison system for most of his life or he was in the military and he loves walking up to me. Why? The life of God, the love of God. And so uh, the love of God spreads to every man. Paul said, I know no man after the flesh. I'm not going after your flesh. I'm going after your spirit, man. I don't care what you look like. But going back to the other guy last night, I used an opener for him. I said, Hey, man. Well, I asked him first. I said, Are you using this piece of gym equipment? And they're like, No. I said, Hey. I said, I noticed the other week. I said, You smell really good. I was like, What do you buy? And he probably was like, What? Well, I buy jour and Versace and all these things. And I was like, Where do you get it at? Just start talking to him. But then, like, he just, and he wanted to talk. And he was, wasn't a scary guy. He was real nice. Just, and I was like, Okay. We started talking. And I thought, Okay, that's former people I've met. Because I'm a warm opener, I I can't. I don't like cold opening, walking up. Now Megan may share a little bit tonight about cold openings with people, and I can cold approach, but I'm going to warm you up to me. I want to get to know you. I want to talk to you. And sometimes you don't have that much time with people, but I'm flow with what works for you, where you're at. Don't try to. Well, they're doing this, and I mean, I would say push and step and make you know try to push past what you're comfortable with. Absolutely, but what you are good at do it and repeat it if you're good at it. I'm good at meeting people, building some trust, seeing them a few times. Uh, Sometimes I can lead them to the Lord right in one night, in 30 minutes, depends on how open they are to what I'm saying. Sometimes you gotta seed it, water it, seed it, water it, and don't get frustrated with that with people. And just say, all right, Lord, give me another opportunity. And so the biggest thing with soul winning is going back to all soul winning has to start with prayer. You must saturate people in prayer because prayer is what is opening the road for God to move into people's life. And so Jesus prayed and then Jesus went and ministered. Then he pulled out and he uh, drew away and he prayed. And then he ministered. And then he prayed at night and he ministered. You are not gonna supersede Jesus and not pray and go minister. Even Jesus, being the son of God, had to pray. You are going to have to spend time in prayer with God and get the plan of God, the will of God, who to talk to, where, where. And and then sometimes just step out when when you don't feel it, but I do love to follow the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. So last night I left here and I showed up at a buddy's house and I didn't know this, but it was him, his like little stepbrother and three friends outside. And so I just showed up picking up some shorts and that's like five people I'm talking to. And then his girlfriend walks out, it's like six. And so I invite them all to church talk to him and he's like, I'm coming and I'll bring my little brother. I was like, well, bring your girlfriend. So that's like six people just in one stop. Then I get to the gym that night, talk to two other guys then meet three other guys, maybe four or five other guys just talking. And I just share, I don't push it, but I just share what's on my heart with people. But I'm ready. I'm like, Lord, I'm send people across my path. I pray that all the time. I'll be in the gym parking lot, drinking my pre-workout. Lord, send people today who are ready to hear the gospel of Jesus. Open doors for me to preach to people who wanna hear about Jesus. So prayer is gonna be the, for, the forerunner of pe- God bringing people to you. And it is easier than you just going, oh, I gotta run out and win souls. You can, and I believe in that because we're gonna talk about some of that tonight. There's different ways. But a lot of times on your day-to-day, ask the Lord to open doors for you to win people. And then be ready. Like Pastor has said, have scriptures that you know. What does Romans 10, 9, 10 say? Have it on your phone if you've got to take a screenshot of it, if you're not good at like whipping the Bible app out real fast with people. Because ultimately, God's heart is after people. I want to talk a little bit about what Jesus and winning souls, and that Jesus was a soul winner. So it's going to be Matthew 25, 1 through 13. But I'm like a salesperson because I'm always looking for openers with people, icebreakers. Walk up, just create a conversation with them, see where it goes. And you can always fish it into, you need the life of God, the love of God, you need Jesus, because they'll say something eventually that's going to trigger that. Eventually, the way people talk nowadays, it won't be long, they'll say something real negative, And I'm like, well, you know, Jesus can change that for you. And they're like, okay. And that opens the door because you can lead everything back to Jesus, right? Any conversation can go back to Jesus. Every one of them. They want to talk about religion, talk about Jesus. They want to talk about bad marriage, talk about Jesus. Want to talk about their job and how broke they are? We'll talk about Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. The rapture is a great opener. Buy one. Amen. Uh, Matthew 25, 1 through 30. It is a great conversation. People ask me questions about the truck all the time. And then it opens up the story, the testimony of what happened with it. And um, and then it causes them to hear. you, You can't, you have to hear the gospel, because that's how I got it, was through the gospel. And through what Jesus did. Okay, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. I'm almost there. I know there's some other people still turning. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them, but the wise took their oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom in his coming, go out to meet him. How many people right now are, you feel like they're sleeping on what is happening in the world today? Christians, they, it's like their head's under the sand. They don't, they're not watching the war in Israel, the war in the Middle East, tribulations, famines, earthquakes, Matthew chapter 25, talking about wars and rumors of war. And it says the end is not coming yet, but it's coming real soon, right? And so many people he's saying are going to cool off. With their relationship. They're not going to keep their oil lit. You're in here tonight, you're keeping that oil turned up, that oil lit. You're in here on Sunday morning, Mark Hankins rejoicing, going, man, I'm hearing the word of God. I'm keeping my oil filled because I know he's coming at some point very soon. The foolish so it says that Jesus is going to come in the middle of the night and those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the fools, foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our, our lamps are going out. By the time they want to get on fire and do the will of God, it's going to be way too late for them. The wise answered and said, no less there should not be enough for us and you, but rather uh, go to those who sell, buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him and to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came into him, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you do not know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Once the door closes, it's closed. That's it. We're not getting a redo at this. I know it sounds, mm. It's true, though. It's the reality of what, what's coming to America. There's only so much time left. I shared last week about the dream about how time was going to move so fast that, We'll run through millenniums and we'll be like, time went by so quick. Have Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added. What I'm realizing more is I'm waking up more of, Lord, how do I seek the kingdom first? What do you want to do in your kingdom right now on the earth? More than the thoughts of my bills and what I want to buy and, and a house that I want to build and a family and whatever. Because I know the time's coming short because once that door closes, that's it. And I know that we got to get busy on learning how to win people because there's stories of people who did it and they were really good at it and won lots of people. So that's the, that's the, the talking about Jesus coming back. And I believe the door is shutting for people, Christians, and the door is shutting on the people who had never received Jesus. So Acts twenty eight twenty three. Now let's talk about the apostles and soul went into people. And I think as we, we got, start going through this, this is going to start sparking some ideas and sparking some fires in people that you're normally not going to do what you used to do. And I think that's good because I'm even changing all the time, kind of getting out of my normal routine, right? 28, 23. So, uh, so I believe this is where, is this where he went to Malta? No, it says, 22, we desire to hear from you what you think concerning the sect. We know that it's spoken against everywhere. So he, when they had pointed him a day, many came to his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of what? The kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses, the prophets from morning till evening. Some were persuaded by the things which were spoken and some disbelieved. So, and I'm wondering if this was when, um, oh, this is Paul's ministry in Malta. So, you know, Paul was shipwrecked, ended up on an island, was snake bitten, And then many miracles happened and the people came to him. So Paul had to, Paul was going out. He was traveling the world. So you're going to have to go out. The Hindus, the Buddhists, the Muslims, they're not walking into a church. Most unsaved people could care less what's happening here. They're not even spiritual. They're not even, this place is like uh, invisible to them when they drive by so we have to go out and get them. You're not going to plant seed in your house. You're planting your seed as a farmer in the field. And you're going out, you're seeding it in your water, and then you're going to reap in the field, not in your home. So this is a place where we are built up. We come together. Once people receive Jesus, then they're interested to come learn about him and to grow, to become disciples, and we train them here. We build up the body of Christ. Uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists for the what? Equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry. Your job, our job altogether is to do the work of ministry. To minister what? Christ's love to people. Tell them about Jesus. And so I started somewhere in my life. I wasn't, I started in high school, got a few souls here and there. As I grew, I got better at it. But it says here that Paul persuaded them. When you're really passionate about something, you can persuade somebody. This guy with tattoos was persuading me last night to buy Versace Elixir or uh, DuJour, Dijon Elixir. There was this one. He was like, Elixir, it's the best thing ever. Dior? Dior, Dior. Dior yeah. I'll, somebody, I'll, I'll get some. <laughs> it's like this jour Elixir. And he's like, it's, the, it's like $300. And he's like, it's better to save your money and buy something nice and then to buy a bunch of cheap, you know, colognes. And he, he was like, I mean, he was telling me, he's like, it smells so good. He's like, I like walking to my house smelling good. I don't want to smell bad. I mean, he's like preaching to me about this cologne and he's persuading me based off of what, how he feels about this. And so you can persuade somebody just by how you feel about a subject or just your passion. You don't have to be like, know all this Bible. Sometimes you can just look at like today with the guy out there. I mean, was I passionate when I was telling him my story today? I was just like, brother, I had an encounter with Jesus like eight years ago. And through the man, Mark Hankins, like I've known about God, had experiences, but at some point, I had to have an encounter with a living God, not a religion, who's someone who cared about me, who loves me, who's alive, who's full of power, who's full of life, that I'm serving the living God. And once I said that what had told him the story of what happened to me, and then I asked him about his testimony, because I want, like Annie says, people let people talk because people want to be heard. People want to know that you care. And so I was passionate about what happened to me when I met Pastor Mark. And I, you know, And so that's only some of the story. There's a lot more. Um, There's obviously many times in church that I've had encounters with God, but that was one defining moment where I made a change. And so I was just passionate. And he was like, he told me and Megan, he goes, man, he goes, I really, I haven't been in church in a long time and I enjoyed this. And we were just passionately, what Paul says, persuading them concerning Christ. And so You might have to find the scriptures of Jesus. My favorite is Romans chapter 5. You were dead in trespasses and sins. And Christ died once for all, the same death that one man, Adam, could do. Jesus can die under that same death and make many men righteous. I love Romans chapter 5 is one of my favorites on sharing the gospel, the life of God. Pastor Lisa loves talking about salvation means healing, deliverance. And so healing from emotional pain, physical pain. Because when she meets a lot of women, it's, they talk about pain and this and hurt. And mom loves pushing, you know, talking about Jesus, the healer. I love talking about the life of God, the nature of God, getting in me, living in me. Man, it's so cool to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit walking in through me, talking through me. That's, that's what gets me, right? So you have to have something that you have to have a, your testimony. And it doesn't have to be like crazy. Just what, what point in your life did you experience the love of God or have a, uh, an encounter with him to where you made a change? Amen. And you said, I'm walking in a church. I'm going to read my Bible. To me, all that is is find that for you in your life. What happened to you? Because once they say they want to talk and argue, then you can go. I don't listen, man. I don't know all your questions, but let me tell you what happened to me. Then they can't say no. That did not happen to you. And some of them will say, "Well, you had, you know, maybe there was a reason all that stuff happened." And I said, "That you know what? Maybe so, but guess what? After through it all, I have such. I've never felt so in love with someone who I, who was real to me. And so you can say, I got to this point. At, yes, there's a. There's a logical reason on why I got to that point. I think you get some people get to the lowest, they have to bottom out. They gotta get to the end of themselves before God can start using them and talking to them. Because they're trying to do their way all of their way. And if God has to let you finally quit kicking and screaming and going down the path you want to go down and finally say, All right, Lord, I'm tired of this. What do you want me to do? I'll do anything you ask me. And that's how one day I said that, and then he asked me to preach and I said, I'll do it. And he goes, Oh my goodness. I thought you were gonna say no. So your attitude on the gospel and persuading people like Paul said, and it says that the people showed up to his house, imagine the enthusiasm of Paul talking about Jesus, a Pharisee, and it says from morning till night, people showed up and he persuaded them concerning Jesus that's amazing to think about that people, that means that there is so much power in the message of Jesus that we haven't tapped into yet that it should be drawing people to you. Like today, I got this guy from the prison system, 20 years, he's 30 years older than me, covered in tattoos. He loves to walk up to me and talk about Jesus because to me, we talk about the love of God and I'm, and I'm bold with people now. I didn't start that way. You don't start at the top of the ladder. You start at the first rung. You take little steps of faith and and talking with people. Now, you know, I've put on a few pounds at the gym. I can say some things to some guys, you know. (laughs) It's kind of a, (laughs) right, Zach? (laughs) So, you know, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna try to beat me up? I'm gonna tell you about Jesus. So, you know, a few years ago, I maybe wouldn't be so bold. I was only 185, 175. So now I'm in the 202 category. Once I get a 225, uh, maybe it'll change for me. So be persuadable. Um, when you're talking about the Lord, you know you can talk uh, from a negative standpoint about Christianity uh, and not, maybe it not be negative, but people will go, people can get on the subject of sin so long of I was a sinner and I did all these terrible things and they tell you like a 30 minute terrible depressing testimony. By the time they get, well, then Jesus saved me. It's like, all right, well, I got to go now. That was depressing. Great, see you. That's awesome, man. So... I would I do tell you have to talk that side, Romans 3 23. Every person has sin and fallen short of God's glory. There is sin in the earth, you are dead in sins and trespasses. But God who was rich in mercy, Ephesians 2, who loves you, gave Jesus for you, and then I love to focus on the life of God, that he's rich in mercy to all who call upon him to be saved. What is saved? Eternal life. It's not just saved from, from hell. It's saved with healing, deliverance, prosperity. So that's me. I, liked, I will tell people, I don't, you can't give people just the positive side because they, they don't know, most people don't know that they're dead in trespasses and sin. I tell them, man, because of Adam, you're dead in sin. You, you don't, you're not just uh, trying to do good. You are dead. You are a corpse to Jesus. He needs to resurrect you. And so to me, you have to tell people that side to it, but do it in a positive. But I got good news. You know, don't err on the side of a 30 minute, man, you're a sinner. Oh, let me read 10 scriptures on how much of a dog you are. And then they're like, all right, well, I gotta go. You, you really only have a window of time sometimes with people. And I used to do door to door soul winning and you can sit there and go, have you read this scripture? Romans all have sinned. And have you read that? No, not one is right. I mean, by the time you get through the guys like, all right, brother, it's been 15 minutes. I got to go. So you have a short sometimes window with people and you got to be able to give them the bad and the good and the answer with all within a few minutes. And you, as you practice it, you get good at it to where you can say it quickly and know what you're going to say to people. So, that would be my advice when you are talking with people. Um, don't get in a 30-minute conversation about certain topics. Uh, just yeah. stay on task. People are going to take you. They're going to, biggest thing, they're going to, Dad made a good point earlier, people have no new questions. They're going to talk about Joel Osteen. They're going to talk about money. They're going to talk about Ken Copen. They're going to talk about religion. They're gonna, it, it's, it never really changes, but you can always point it back to the life of God. Do you, do you have a, you can look at him and say, do you have a relationship I don't care to know about Joel Osteen right now. Right. I don't know what he does with his money. I don't really care if he's helping people. Great. If not, I'm let God deal with him. I don't have time in my day to worry about what people do with their money. Right. You know, do you think I sit around worrying what everybody in the world does with their money? I do not. I got to do the will of God for my life. I could care less. Yes. So um, I just worry about what I'm doing with my money. If I'm giving. Amen. So always point people back to the cross and what Jesus did. Because Yesterday, um, the lady showed up who was shooting the gun in the dirt, showing me all the power. She wanted to talk about, she said Noah's Ark was not, did not really flood the entire earth. It only flooded a piece of the earth. <laughs> and, and she goes, I know, I, she goes, I think it's great that people believe that. She's a Christian, I, but I pointed it back to Jesus. I said, where are you? Do you, are you know Jesus? I was like, I am not going to sit here and argue with you about Noah's Ark. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> You know, people are getting, they want to talk about aliens and Noah's Ark. Bring it back to Jesus. Where are you with Jesus right now? Today I asked the guy, I said, tell me your experience with the Lord. Where are you at? Because they can, people like to just push everything off on other people. What is Kenneth Copeland doing? What is happening with the aliens? No, what are you doing with Jesus? Are aliens, I don't know. I do not care are you going to make the rapture when Jesus comes back? We can talk all day in theories and then we'll be 70 years old still talking about, is the rapture coming now? Is it coming later? Are there aliens? You know, are they hiding stuff in area 51? You know, after a while, it's like my brain is starting to hurt. Let's talk about Jesus. It's that song, Pastor Mark, his mama used to sing all the time. To me, don't let people, now I'm not saying it's not wrong to talk and ask, answer people's questions if you know them or you think you know that this may be help, would help. There are sometimes I do address certain things that people ask me, but I always go, okay, how can I revert this back to them? And what are you doing with what your relationship right now with, with the Lord? So that's my next thing. You're gonna prayer, know how what scriptures that you have and, and your testimony with people that you can share and then take people always back to Jesus when they want to get off topic. Uh, unless you just are sitting there for three hours and you're having tea and you just want to get into everything in the world. Like my little brother is great at that. Jordan can talk for five hours on every theory in the world. I mean, he's smart. He's incredibly smart. He can talk about economics in the world and California and the economy and, and you know, Christians and this. And I mean, he's, he's a brain when it comes to that. If so some, sometimes you have the time to get in that stuff. But follow the Holy Spirit because you may, he may tag you and say, I want you to talk about this with this person. And it may not be just Jesus, but it might be something with the relationship with them that he brings up. Um, so anyways, be, be led by the Holy Ghost with people. And bring people, bring people back on track because people, uh, th- their minds are all over the place now, especially with social media. So Romans ten fourteen. Romans ten fourteen. To me, I used to see soul winning as as such a scary thing, and a in a like you know we used to go. Uh, I had some friends and we used to go door to door. I'm not against it. I think in today's age, people. I um, think times have changed since the early 1900s where people like you could walk over to your neighbor's house, get some butter, some sugar, you know, talk and you know everybody in the neighborhood. It's a safe environment. But now it's like everybody's scared at the gas station. Don't approach women at the gas station. I learned that it's not a safe place to talk about Jesus to people. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's areas where people during the day, they drop their guard. People drop their guard at work when they're working with you. You know, um, they'll talk a little bit. That The work gives a good environment to let talk about Jesus and then go back to work so they can kind of let them process. The gym is an area where a lot of people are just relaxing. They've already dedicated an hour of that day to be there and to hang out and to relax. And so I like to find places where people, the coffee shops, where... People, publics, people are just shopping. They're just browsing around. Now, some people are in a rush. But um, when I would go to people's homes, now I'm gonna read a story about when they did this early on, the house to house. I believe you can still do house to house with people because I still end up at a lot of people's homes, but I get invited a lot. And it can be just for all kinds of stuff. Just come over and eat or come over and pick this up. And so I still end up at people's, lots of people's houses, but I'm not intentionally going door to door, banging on their door. Most people, well, back in the day, a lot of people work from home now, but they're busy. It's their safe space. They want to relax. Don't talk to me. But if they're out in public... They'll sit there and shoot the bull with you sometimes 20, 30 minutes, an hour. And I had to stop this lady. I was like, all right, you got to go back to work. You know what I mean? I bet if I knocked on her door, she probably wouldn't want to talk to me. But she's at work. She'll talk all day long. She's on the clock. You know what I mean? So <laughs> and she's she's on, um, and she's on my, my property. So we're going to talk about Jesus. Amen. So Romans 10, 14, how shall they call upon him? Uh, they've not believed. How should they believe in him when they have not heard? How should they not hear with somebody preaching it? How should they not preach unless they be sent? So unless somebody is preaching just means to proclaim, to just tell somebody what Jesus did. The difference between an unsaved person and a saved person is this. The saved person have heard about Jesus and they accepted it. So we were once unsaved, but now we're born again. They're really no different than us, but they've, we've made a decision to, to just say, you know what, I believe what I heard. If you're not telling them About Jesus, they will never hear. And you have to go tell them. You're gonna have to open your mouth at some point and say, Let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with the Lord? What do you think about God and Jesus and what's I mean, some point you're gonna have to point blank, look at people and just say, How are you with Jesus? What do you think about him? What do you believe? And just ask him. It's not, most people will tell you it's not a threatening thing. And say, Do you have Jesus in your life? Do you know him? Uh, it's not hard to ask people questions and just let them answer. And then say, well, I believe once Jesus comes in, it'll completely change who you are. You know, they're, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not, you know, the kid the other night told me, he said, well, I'm spiritual. And I said, okay, that's fine. Great, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I like to explore spiritual things. And I've been watching a lot of stuff on TikTok. And, and so then, then I said, okay, so, but to me, how do you have an assurance that you'll make heaven. Well, I don't really know. I said, "Well, would you like to know?" He's like, "I can know." I said, "Yeah, watch this. Pull my phone out." I said, "Romans 10:9-10. You confess Jesus is Lord. That means Jesus will be your master. He'll be your savior. He'll come into your heart." He goes, "Oh." I said, "You can be spiritual. Just be spiritual with Jesus." I always turn it to a positive. I don't sit there and go, oh, man, you shouldn't do that. Man, you're playing with the devil. You better stop that right away. I said, no, you can be spiritual. Just be spiritual on God's side. Don't be spiritual on the other side because there's two sides. So it just depends on what side you want to play on. And so, um, you know, that goes, so you're going to have to open your mouth and talk to people at some point. Get bold enough to just pop the question. You know, at some point, you got to just, will you marry me? You know, pop the question. (laughs) You did it. Everybody did it at some point. But once you do it once, it gets easier. Because then eventually it just flows out. And the next thing you know, you're just talking. You're like, wait, what did I just say to this person? It comes out quick. So eventually you just got to get bold and ask people the question. And it's, and it's, not, it's not hard. Uh, Luke, I was looking for Luke 5.32, but I, I, don't, I didn't give you this. They were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. Luke 4.32. I, I gave you, look, I have not come to call, uh, we'll go back to that one, uh, stay, stay here. They were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority. The King James, and I love Pastor Mark because he got on the other night. He's like, you need to read it from the King James. It's original. I said, okay, I will, but I'll, I'll, I'll read it. But it says the King James, they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. When you are talking to people about Jesus, you are talking to them with power. Amen. Don't think, okay, I have to sit here and reason with this person in your brain. No, Amen. you are taking the power of the Holy Spirit together with you and you are sticking it right in their heart, into their spirit. I am talking to your spirit man. I am talking to the real you right now. And you, they'll feel it. They don't even know why they feel, uh, but in your faith, know you're talking to people with authority, with power. Says so Jesus showed up in the power. And so when I'm in the gym, I know I'm walking in with power. Man, you can argue with me all day whether you thought that this happened or that happened or Noah's Ark was real or it wasn't or did, was the Bible even true or like all these men wrote it. I could care less. Well, all these men wrote it. Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna tell you about Jesus and you tell me if there's power. And Jesus died on the cross for you, shed his blood for you, was stripped on a cross, went to hell and died for you, rose for you. And if you accept him, I mean, they, start, they start hearing, they're like, <laughs> you tell me if that's a man riding that or if that's God. And and they'll feel it on them. Why? It's with power. That it says that, that the Lord confirmed with signs, uh, confirmed the word with signs and wonders following them. When you're talking to people about Jesus, he will confirm his word, but you have to believe that. You have to walk in and say, When I share Jesus with this person, the power is gonna be there, signs following those who believe, wonders, demonstrations. Jesus went and he did miracles. It was what advertisements for the kingdom. When you share Jesus, you cannot share Jesus without the, taking them back. A testimony, means to take you back to the time and place it happened. When you are, it says that when Peter shared the gospel with Cornelius' house, it says as he, he explained Jesus on the cross, the Holy Spirit fell. So when you talk about the cross, the same power that was in the cross is in the message. And that power is showing up when you're talking, but you got to believe that. You can't think, oh, man, I'm, well, yes, you know, I'm a Christian, and um, it's good, and, you know, we go to church. It's like, no, I'm a Christian. I got Jesus in me. I got the life of God. I got the Holy Spirit helping me. Man, you want this. Died on a cross for me, went to hell for me because I don't have to go. You have to say it what Paul said he persuaded them. Man, you, you, you talk about that sale at Walmart that they got going on. And this guy all the time tells me, man, they got creatine for $17.99. You got to go get the creatine from Walmart. <laughs> you know, he's passionate about that creatine from Walmart, $17.99. He's like, you can't get any better price than that. I'm thinking, man. <laughs> so I've never forgot about that there's always creatine at Walmart for 17 dollars <laughs> But he's persuaded me. He was passionate about that creatine. But if we could get passionate about Jesus. Jesus says in Luke 5.32, I came not to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. So Jesus is a soul winner. He said, the kingdom of, I came and preached the kingdom of God, but I came to call sinners to what? To repent. Repent means to what? To change 180 degrees and go the other direction. Change the way you think. You once thought, of course, the course of the world, but now you're thinking with the Bible, with God's word. You're, you're waking up every day. Repentance is, is an everyday thing. You're changing the way you think about things. You're changing how you used to live. And and your spirit changes, but you still have a soul and a body, and your soul takes a process, renewing of your mind. So Jesus came to save the sinners. Luke 5.32. Luke um, 19.10. Son of man come, for the son of man has come to seek and to save which was lost. Jesus is interested in souls. Jesus is interested in winning people. Luke 15.7. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than the 99 um, who need no repentance. So it says that the kingdom of heaven is like a shepherd who goes out into the mountains and the dangerous places and goes find that sheep which is lost. And so Jesus, we are in the kingdom of God, but he still cares about people, believers who have walked away. He cares about the lost people, that a person will go out in the mountains and the valleys and the dangerous places in society and go bring the people who are lost into the kingdom of God, who's not afraid of people, that you have the authority, you have the power. I'm not scared of these guys at the gym. What's the worst that's gonna happen to me? I die, go to heaven, you know? It'll only kill you once, bye. I'm, I'm gonna be with Jesus. Have fun, Pastor Darrell and Paul Nicky. I'm out of here. But I'd rather talk to you about Jesus than never talk to you at all and miss the opportunity. Amen. Because I was afraid of what, um, trust me, I baptized 83 inmates at that prison. And I'm telling you what, I've never seen men who wanted somebody to love them, hug them, and dunk them and be repented of sin. Amen. I mean, so David Newark gets up and I'm, these guys are tatted from head to toe. I thought, man, if I do something wrong in this baptism tub, I'm dead. Get my these got like a little piece of paper and they'll cut me, you know. All I this is what happens when you watch too much, too many movies. You, you know what I mean? People get all these fears that aren't even real. So David Newark gets up and he said, and I'm thinking, man, I'm I'm not even like these people, which is great because I have something different because they need to become like me and with Jesus in me. And so you don't have to relate to people; you just have to have the life of God. God can relate to people. And so. I'm standing there and David Newark just, it was the coolest testimony. It was just his testimony. He just said, he just, and he's not even a preacher. He said, "Um, so I brought this baptism tank for two reasons. He said, number one, I wanna share the love of God with you. And he said, I've been baptized twice in my life. He said, once when I was a kid and I had no idea what was going on. He said, the second time I got baptized, he said, because I wanted to come back to God and I wanted to be clean. When he said that everybody, like a hundred guys got in line and, and got on in the tank. And I prayed with every single one of the guys and dunked them, sank them, brought them up, changed to my left arm, changed to my right arm. And it was like 83 guys. I, and I told the Lord says, you better get stronger because the next one's gonna be dull. I was like, oh Lord, I'm gonna call Big Zach to help me out. But I saw something that people, once the life of God hit these people their light, their face lit up. They just wanted to be clean from their past and things that have happened to them. I'm over here afraid and the Lord's going, don't be afraid for I'm with you. What can man do to you? And so that's what you have, what is Elijah told Elisha. He says, there's many more with us than are with them. And he said, Lord, open their eyes. And he said, he saw the chariots of fire and the angels. You have to be God conscious. I'm sometimes I forget. I feel like it's, I'm just out here by myself. And you don't realize there's angels, there's gods with you. And, and, and if I'm there at the prison yard, God's with me. And I'm walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes you can, like Elisha, I think no, it, was Elisha, it, was, it was Elisha's servant, I believe, who you're looking at the natural going, man, I'm afraid. And you can, we all can be like that at times. And then inside the Lord says, no, I'm with you. Okay, I remember that scripture about what, what he said. And I, and I saw men who wanted to be touched by God. And these men wanted God to touch them and to clean them. Amen. And so it has nothing to do all, I think every person on the inside, they want to be loved. Yes. And they want to know that, that God loves them and that they're going to heaven when they yeah, die. You can be as hard of a man as you want, but every man breaks down into the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And especially on their deathbed, when they know that all this is about to end and where they're going. So, yes. Yes. Um, let's see. People will pray, oh God, bring the masses of the unconverted people into our church, but people will not be saved that way. You will have to go out and get them. The early believers took the gospel to them, the seaside parks, the stadium, the racetracks, the open fields. Once they are heard about Christ, they are eager to learn about Jesus. And so um, I already read that one. So I'm going to read some story, a story in this book. I'll read one, and then I'm going to let Megan um, share, unless we just keep going on, and maybe we'll do next week. <clears throat> so this is a uh, earlier on. I don't know what date this is, but it's about an evangelist and he taught a church how to win an entire city to Jesus within just a few months. And I thought it's an inspiring story. We're going to go to a uh, beginning of evangelistic crusade. The young pastor announced to a small congregation Durs, during his soul winning event, our church will be closed except on Sundays. What did he mean? How could a local church carry out EM, uh Evangelical crusade with the doors of the sanctuary closed. Since the Dark Ages, traditional church ministries' pattern had just been the opposite. The church sanctuary had been the center of attention. But if you're going to evangelize and be limited to the sanctuary, the young pastor insisted, how could we reach the unconverted? He was only 24 years old and just finished Bible school, looking for a suitable location to be his first pastorate. He located an old church building that had been closed, boards had been nailed over the doors and windows. One time, the old church had over 800. "'members being located in the elite section of the city. "'But now the wealthy people had moved away "'and the poor people occupied the neighborhood. "'The young preacher located the remaining members "'of the board and prevailed upon them "'to elect him as their pastor "'and to permit him to reopen the old church. "'He went to an orphanage and won the approval "'of 40 orphans to attend the opening church meeting "'on Sunday. "'He began with those orphans "'with seven members of the old church board "'and with his family. "'Young pastor was passionate about winning souls, "'so that was the focus of his teaching.' I love something Jonathan Schottisworth said the other day. He said, if the pastor is passionate about souls and he's a soul winner, the people will win souls. Yes. And so that's what's happening. People will automatically just do what the pastor's doing and what they're seeing. People, it's, um, uh, the other day, James was on, on the phone in the nursery walking around like this. And dad goes, oh my gosh, all he's doing is what he sees. His mama doing. So somebody in that family is always on the phone. <laughs> I don't know if it's mom or dad, but James is just ah, walking around, but people do what they see, right? So we're going to begin a crusade. During the soul winning event, the church would be, okay, no, with no outside evangelists, no extra church expenses, no added heat or air conditioning bills to pay, that church reaped a harvest of souls. They caught the vision of biblical soul winning. Among the unconverted, they had a new passion for souls and made a grand discovery that unconverted people were easy to win. If you share Christ with them out where they are. The pastor said later, now we have only one problem. Our people just only want to win souls. At the end of the year, the church had won more people to Christ than any other church in that city. Another soul winning church was celebrating its fifth anniversary. In one year, it had reached a membership of 44 people. Now its attendance was over 2,000 people. At the end of their first year, they were still meeting in the garage. The property was only worth about $600, and their annual budget was about the same. At the end of their fifth year, the annual budget was two hundred thirty thousand dollars and their property was valued at more than a million dollars in their five-year history they had outgrown five buildings how did they accomplish that the pastor had trained about 10 of his people they had gone from door to door witnessing to unconverted people winning them to christ The first year they won 150 souls most of them inside their own homes next year over 300 new converts had been brought under the church the third year they had won over 500 people During the fifth year, more than 700 people had been saved. The pastor said, today we have more ushers passing the offering plates than we had members four years ago. (laughs) They were sponsoring 44 people on the mission field, which was the number of members they had four years earlier. When an evangelist questioned them about their success, the pastor said, come to our midweek service and you will see for yourself. At their Wednesday meeting, more than 700 believers were present. The pastor asked the congregation, how many of you have gone outside the sanctuary this year and won at least one person to Christ? Over 300 people stood to their feet. That church had rediscovered the soul winning secret of the first century believers. They had proven that if Christians care about unconverted people and want to lead them to Christ, any believer can do it by going and witnessing the message of Christ. Our unsaved people work, live, and play. One certain pastor had a distinction of baptizing more than more new converts each year than any other known minister. His church was among the most successful in the world. An evangelist asked him, Why is that your church brings more newly converted people into its fellowship than any other church? He answered with four words. Our people win souls. These words revealed the secret to biblical evangelism. Then he explained, We emphasize one truth among our people until they have become to believe it. It says they stated in Acts 5, 42, the people were daily in the temple. And in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach of Jesus Christ. And so later on, it says that, uh, I think um, one of their mottos was, every person is a soul winner. I think it, our motto, every Christian a witness, our mission out where the people are. And so you are a witness. And then it goes into, there's ideas. You can share people. Uh, You can, can buy or rent a small tent, a hall, a shop, a coffee house. You can schedule a room in a public library, focus on a public park, other places where people gather. You can invite a few Christians to join you. Equip yourself with resources, with such literature, devices that play audio message, video message, or discussions. And so he's giving people ideas. And this really sparked something in me because he tells stories and stories of people who every year just won masses amounts of people to Jesus by just going out and doing it. And one guy, a professor, he just got tired of sitting in his office and he said, I'm just gonna go out and get 10 college kids saved and start something. And boom, the whole campus blew up. One person's action to go out and win people. And so, you know, what Osborne did is he took videos and equipped people. There's ways to do things to where like, well, I don't know what to do. Ask the Lord what to do. So I'll tell something um, interesting. So today, I've been praying because I win a lot of people. I think Zach and I were joking about my soul counts like 270 people in the last six months. And I've gotten to the point where I just, you grow on that. And I want more and more and more. It's like I can't ever have enough. Some people want more and more and more money, which is good. But then I'm like, I want souls. I want want to win people to the Lord. And um, so I went up to, I prayed this morning and then I went to the manager of the gym. And I just told him what I wanted. I said, Zoe. we joked around. I said, when are we going to start a competition in this gym? Give away some prizes, win some money or something. He goes, well, we've tried that and it doesn't work. We don't have the equipment. And I'm like, well, what about just simple deadlift, bench press, push-ups, pull-ups, just simple things. Well, goes, well, if you want to do it, he's like, we can talk about it. I said, I think it'd be great. Our church would sponsor it. And to me, I had this idea. And then I asked him, I said, can I start a Bible study in the Zumba room? It's the room where all the ladies are always like dancing in there. And he said, I said, on Friday night, I love to do it because he's a Christian and I've known him for a a number of years. And on Friday night, I said, um, I would like to do something with some of the guys and just go through the Bible. And he goes, I don't have a problem with that. Send me an email. I'll look it over and then you can get started with it if you want. I was like, great. Praise God. So I am having, I'm just brainstorming with the Lord. I'm not sure where this is going, but the competitions will push people to the Bible study. And where we can give away, because people like free stuff, free workout, drinks, whatever, pre-workouts, cre- creatine, 17 99 for free. <laughs> so if you do giveaways, people always come for giveaways. People always want something for free. And I'll, I told them I want to start. I'll start with the guys and the younger Community and we'll do some stuff, and then as it grows, and then say, my my idea is the Bible study will be called deadlift off Romans chapter five, that Christ raised you from the dead. And so it'll be, i am um, talk to Jordan, it's gonna be Jesus, he's gonna be super swole, shredded, you know, he's gonna be doing a sumo deadlift, picking up some man's soul out of the grave, and he's gonna be ripped. And uh, so we'll tell people, come to deadlift after the competition, because Jesus is gonna lift you up out of the grave, so that's my idea for a Bible study. I'm praying about it. I'm just asking the Lord. So to me, it's got to be something relatable to the, the guys. But a lot of guys in the gym know me. I've been there for like 10 years. And I walk up to him. I talk to him. I build relationships with them, and, um, and I believe the Lord's opening some doors. So I talked to the general manager today. And, um, and I know you're having a meeting with the owner soon, right? Yeah, Mr. Pleasant. So, we're just, the Lord's doing some things. We're praying for open doors. And uh, I just believe there's no limit to what God can do. Amen. And if, listen, I've tried to invite a lot of the guys here. Some of them have come. Some of them, once they receive Jesus, they do walk in. But I also had a thought when I read this go to where they are. They're there all the time, anyways. It's, it's a neutral place, it's safe for them. And, um, and to me, I just believe that God's going to open doors. Now, I want to kind of make a change in the service. And so that's that's kind of what, and I'm, and I'm asking the Lord and praying on things because I said, Lord, you know, understand that times are different in the world today than what door to door and, you know, but I still believe in the book of Acts, they went house to house pr- talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and connecting. Like Pastor Lisa talked, the table is the best thing. Dinner, inviting people to dinner, the table of the Lord is an easy way. And so, um, but... I want to get somebody else's perspective because I've done this for a number of years, even in high school. But I want to have maybe somebody else share some of their perspective. And Pastor Megan's going to come up. And um, she went to the river with Nikki, and they taught them to soul win. And I used to think, man, what they used to do was scary. But (laughs) now what we've done with the middle school with mass, because there's individual soul winning, right? And then there's mass soul winning. Which, to me, can sometimes be easier because the pressure is off the individual person, like in a middle school and there's 40 kids out there, yes. and you're just talking about Jesus and then asking them, hey, if you want to pray this prayer, we're all going to pray it together, you know, you're telling them what we're all going to do, and then all the kids will pray, and I'm like, you pray that for the first time, put your hand up, or if you've already been here, put your hand down, and we'll, like, kind of get a soul count from that, but... Um, I want you to share some of your story because Megan, I'd, we'd be out and Megan was just soul winning all the time because what happens is people are like, oh man, that's scary. After a while, you get to the point where it's like really fun. Like when you first go to the gym, you're like, oh man, this is gonna hurt. And you're like walking there and then after a while, your body conditions to it and then you're like, oh man, I got a pump. I got I to go to the gym today. Like I'm, I'm craving it. So after a while, you do get to the point where it's so much fun to talk to people. Why? Because they're souls. They're people that God made in his image and and winning them to Jesus. So I'm going to have you share some of what happened to you and going to the river and then things that they made you do and that kind of sets you on fire. For
2: Yeah. So actually before I went to school at the river, uh, Nikki and Pastor Jeannie had, were already in school. And so I was still in high school at the time and I had come here, got on fire for the Lord at youth camp. And I would say most people that I know, especially if you're on fire for the Lord, you love the Lord, you want to win souls. You just do not know how. You want to, like you've been in situations and you're like, man, I want to get this person saved, but what do I say? What do I say? And then they end up leaving. You sit there and contemplate for 30 minutes in your head. What the heck do I say? They leave and they're like, I'm sorry, Lord. I plead the blood, mercy, right? So then, (laughs) so I think that was the the biggest thing is how, what do I do? Because you can have a certain, like you can say, I know I'm saved, but then you can even, there's Christians that you'd say, how do you know you're saved? And they're like, I don't know. But they talk to the Lord. They've said the, the sinner's prayer before, but they don't know how to communicate that. And so what happened is that the river is so, that's the school we had went to, I think we said that, uh, is so souls-driven and uh, very evangel- evangelical and teaches you the how and the basics. You have to get practical. So I know it last week when uh, Pastor Justin was preaching on this, it was more so like a spark to get it in you. But tonight... We're going now a little bit more into a practical uh, way, uh, uh, teaching, which I don't know if this is going to continue, but uh, that's why we printed off these. He wanted me to print these off for you guys. And so this is super, 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 super easy because it's so simple. It's very short and sweet if you're just like, I just don't know what words to say. But I know he wanted me to talk about Cold. So, like you know, in sales, there's cold calls. You don't know them, no relationship. Cold calls, and then there's warm calls. You know them, you have a relationship. So we just started saying that as like we started using that in soul winning. Okay, you're gonna go cold soul winning or warm, you know, warm sales, warm souls, or you know. So he wanted me sort of uh, me to more so talk about cold soul winning. So when we were taught this, like he said, you're starting on the bottom rung. You don't have to go and. do a mass crusade as your first time you've ever sold one you're probably not going to (laughs) but I will tell you this have a goal in mind you will hear some people just like people come against prosperity people come against healing they know what they're talking about but people come against you having a soul count number because they say oh it's all about numbers isn't it for you ah, it's just about numbers you just want to have numbers okay how many people have you went to the Lord? Okay, that's what I thought. You haven't even talked to anybody. Okay, so the thing is, when you have a goal, all it does is it gives you something to look for. If you have a goal for money, which you should, have a goal in your finances, have a goal in your church, have a goal for your family, you should have a goal for souls. And so this was really Pumped into us at school, right? And so we'd come in, like, like Pastor Justin said, the very first thing is prayer. So we'd get together and we'd pray, and I mean, I mean, yeah, like get you on, get you ready to go out. And like, uh, like last week, Pastor Justin has said with sales, where they say we're gonna get this many sales a day. You, you, you. We're gonna do this. We're gonna win a car. Like you gotta get like that with souls. You gotta get like that with people. And obviously, it's not a number. It's a person. But if you could bring 10 people with you to heaven instead of one, wouldn't you want to bring 10 people with you to heaven? Okay, so cold soul winning. Sometimes it's just fun. You'll just see somebody and you're like, ah, I got to get them saved. You ever on to walk out of a, I actually have a, an example. I was at a bakery in Tampa. <laughs> I don't even know why we were there. We didn't even buy any food goods. So anyway, we walked in. This big, big old, big six foot something guy in a wife beater, he comes in. And I'm, I'm leaving out. I walk out. And as soon as I walk out the door, I heard him. And I was like, but I, okay. So I learned quickly, quick obedience. You learn that over time, quick obedience. So I turned around. I went back inside. And this guy's just, he smells like uh, <clears throat> marijuana. And he's, you know, he's sitting all like this looking down on his phone. So I'm like, all right, you said it. So I walk up. I'm like, hey. Now. Number one with soul winning, cold soul winning. Do, be led, be led by the Holy Ghost. But I would say, practically, you don't really want to lead with, do you know Jesus? You can, you can, people have. But the only reason I say that is some people already have a mindset attached to that. They already think uh, church, like they think negative things attached to that. But like he said, people respond to love. So we were taught when we had that soul in your script, the first thing you say is, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? Has anyone ever told you God loves you? He has a wonderful plan for your life. So when you start off like that, sometimes you've got to get it, you know, however your personality is, it's going to change. You don't have to be rigid. You don't have to be a robot with a script, but it gives you something to start with. That's why we gave you this uh, prayer. It gives you something to say when you're like, what do I say? So I said, hey, Hey. <laughs> hey, and he just looks up. He's like, "Hmm." And I was like, "Has anyone told you that God loves you? Do you know that?" He said, I think he said like, "Yeah." And looked down, looked back down at his phone. And I was like, "All right. It's all right." <laughs> so I was like, "All right. You know, confidence, yeah. I'm already in it. Like you got to keep going, you know." So I said, "Okay." I said, "That's awesome." I said, "Well, do you know?" And I went on with the script, which is, "Do you know, you know, if you were to die tonight, Right now, do you know that you'd be going to heaven? And I, I forgot what he said. It was a long time ago. And then, um, so then he ends up, basically, I keep going with it. And I said, let, "I said, hey, let me pray with you. Let me pray for you. Can I just pray for you? And so he's like, yeah. People will never say no to prayer most of the time. It's true. So I said, I said let me pray with you. Let, let me just pray for you. He said, okay. And I started praying. And I said, Lord... I pray for him, the blessing. You know, I said, Lord, that car that he's been looking at, I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And right when I said that, I just felt to say it. I just what I felt to say, something about a car. I said, That car he's been looking at, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And he looks, he, <laughs> I'm telling you, this big old guy, he looks up at me like, What did you say? You know, he said, how do you, know? I was just looking at a car. How did you know I was looking at a car? I said, God loves you so much. He told me that so that you would know that he loves you and he sees you and he wants to bless you. And he was like, oh, he, <laughs> he was like, oh, I, I'm telling you, I was just looking at a car. I said, yeah, and God wants to give it to you. So I pray. And so then we go into the salvation prayer. Pray the salvation prayer. His name was Keith. Keith prayed the prayer of salvation. So we leave out of there. And actually, I went back in there to take a picture with him. It's actually on my Instagram. If you scroll down, he's on there. But, like, I went back because I forgot at school they kept saying, so like, like, have testimony, like, to show people and stuff. So I went back, and I was like, okay, oh, yeah, this is probably weird, but can I take a picture with you? <laughs> he was fine with it. He was. But anyway, cold soul winning. You always want to start off with the love of God. You don't Don't come up corny. Don't be weird, okay? Nobody wants corny and weird. Show the love of God. And it starts to become warm when you start to form a relationship because the love of God opens people's hearts. Number one, the love of God, and two, free stuff. Free stuff. <laughs> give them money. I'm telling you, keep, Pastor Mark told, uh, Pastor Justin this, and he told me this, so I usually do this. You know when you're checking out and uh, say you pay for something, it's like you want cash back? Hit yes. Keep cash on you. I know we're such a, you know, we keep cards most of the time, we don't have cash on us. But it's hard to just bless someone when it's, hey, you got a cash app? or You know what I mean? Like you want to have cash to be able to give to them. So that opens up the heart. Waitresses in I'm telling you, waiters and waitresses are the easiest souls to get. They have to be there; it's their job, so they have to be at the table. And I'm telling you, almost all of them that we've talked to, they go, "You, how's your how's your day going? How are you?" oh, man, you know, my nephew, and then also my cousin in my car, and then they just go off on all this stuff. Easiest way to talk to someone. Really? Well, God wants to bless you. God wants to turn that around. God loves you so much. And so the cold the cold soul winning, which seems <laughs> at first, like, what do I do? I think the biggest thing that people worry about is what do I say? So that's, again, why we gave you that, the, the the prayer to say. But So many people think that you're gonna run into some theol not theologian, some atheist that's just gonna like ask you all these questions. I'm telling you, just to give you an idea, at the at the river with the two years for the the program I went, the art for RBI, our minimum soul count we had to get to graduate was 430. And so whenever you have a soul count that you have to reach or you're not graduating you're going to reach the souls okay you're to reach that, that that count that's why I'm telling you set a goal because when you would realize in the summer months between first year and second year at the river you realize when you're not pressured to have a goal you start to get lax you start to get lax you start to maybe talk to less people because you're not like oh man I got to graduate but because there was a goal set before your eyes and you're like, I'm gonna reach something to get this. Let's like him and I will uh kind of competing. I know right now his count is a little bit higher than mine, but it's changes it's turning around. Okay. <laughs> but whenever you have like a competition, you make it fun, you make it a goal set a goal before your eyes, you find yourself reaching that goal. You find yourself talking to people. That's, um, so
1: being around people, you can turn me back on. Being around people who Or can you can bounce off of and feed off it? Who you hang around helps you want to win souls. Two, I think what helps you not cool off, you know, is obviously like you said, the summer months. Me, I pray in the Holy Ghost every morning when I wake up and drink coffee. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. When I walk out of my house in the morning, I'm like, bro, I'm ready. You know what I mean? Like, man, I, Lord, lead me to somebody today. I'm not scared. I'm not like, oh, man, I got to go soul winning today. I got 200 more souls I got to get. Oh, my gosh, you know, this is going to be weird. No, I'm waking up like, man, I'm pumped. Pa- Pastor's pastor is going to share, but that praying in the Holy Spirit, if you've not been
0: filled. So I want to sc- read a scripture too. <laughs> I want to read one to you. I'm going to read three, and you'll, you'll get everything they're saying. Have you noticed that the two of them are very passionate? It's not their personality. You think, oh, they're young. That's not it. When Justin's been in this church since he was a kid, and he wasn't passionate about souls until Mark Hankins looked at him and said, you don't pray in the spirit enough. So I'm going to read one scripture to you, and it'll change your life if you'll just do it. One scripture. Acts 1.8. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you'll be witnesses. If you're not praying in tongues, you don't want to talk to people. You're just like, don't bother me. God, I got enough on my plate. Praying in the Spirit causes you to have a boldness that is supernatural. That's what they were talking about when they said, we just get up and pray in the Spirit. you, You go into a Holy Ghost. I just need to get someone saved. And it's not natural. It's God in you. That's the key to Pentecost. Okay, and if you're, if you're a tongue talker and you don't talk in tongues, it's not, don't work. No, no, I've got one more scripture. and no, I've got two more. 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to show you something. <laughs> Verse um, 19. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses. Folks, listen to me. They were talking, The Romans says that the gospel is a power of God. All sinners know they sinned. You don't need to convince someone there's a God. Atheists know there's a God. That's why they're trying so hard to prove there's not a God because they know there's a God. What they're trying to do is prove there's not a God so they, when they die, they don't go to hell. But they're scared to death. They're wrong. They Listen, don't have to convince anybody. They already know. They know. They know. They know. Now, go to John 3.16 now. Go there, and we're gonna, I'm going to stop right here with this. When you get home, memorize. Now, Start. Learning scripture You remember when Justin began He said something If you're not confident You will not talk But you're going to have to get yourself To where you are confident So so here's this first scripture I learned And I'm telling you You can get anybody on the planet Born again with this scripture And if it's all you know You know enough Okay Now for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Zoe life. I look at people and say, eternal life is not living forever. It's the, na- it's the life of God. Sinners live forever. For God did not send His Son into the world to... Now, I, I don't read the word condemn because nobody knows what condemn is. Oh, you just condemn me. They don't know what it means. The word con is with, the word dem is, the, is our English word for damn. Damn's not a cuss word. It could be if you're talking about your dog <laughs> or someone on the street. God didn't send his son into the world to damn the world, the world through it might be saved. He that believes in him, now look at this, is not damned. He who does not believe is damned right now. That's, that's all the power you need with a sinner. Quit trying. If, if they want to talk about Billy Graham, take them to that scripture. If they want to talk about Moses, take them to that scripture. If they want to talk about eating peanut butter, take them to that scripture. Don't worry about their question. They don't have enough sense to know what to ask you. The right question yeah. right. the, the, all questions lead to John 3.16. What do you think about Moses? Let's read John 3.16. What do you think about Jehovah's Witness? Let's read John 3.16. Because if you're talking to a sinner who's in darkness what does it matter if you prove whether tithing is right or not? Right. Who cares whether, you're a sinner anyway. No matter what you tithe, you're going to hell. Right. Well, what do you think about Billy Graham? Well, I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. God didn't send his Son to the world to damn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believes in him is not damned. He that does not believe is damned already because he smokes dope and drinks beer. And I read it that way to a sinner. I said, is that what it says? They said, no. I said, well, Jesus already died for you. So God cannot legally take you to hell for sinning. He already paid your debt. So why do you go to hell? And I don't take them over there, but you should learn another one. Ephesians 2, 5. You're dead in sin. Your spirit is dead. Now, if you're talking to a self-righteous person, I'm going to go real quick. Ask them, well, I'm a, you know, you know, I'm a good person. Have you ever lied? Well, yeah. Have you ever stole anything? Yeah. You ever had any moral thought? Yeah. Well, you're a lying, thieving adulterer. <laughs> now, let me say something else, and I'm going to turn this back over to Justin. You have to learn how to make an argument in one minute. Train yourself to say what you want to say quick. Guys came to me at work one day, and they said, Morgan, you're just Jimmy Swaggart. Your name, you're just Jimmy Swaggart. You're just Jimmy Swaggart. I looked at all of them and I said, let me ask you a question. What Jimmy Swaggart do is wrong? And they went, blank, yeah. I said, so um, the porn and all that, that's right. I said, uh, have you ever done that? He went, yep. And I said, well, you're going to hell too. <laughs> you, you don't have an hour with sinners. And they walk away and go, oh, darn, that's right. I'm on my way to hell. So they, they come along and they say, what do you think about or Robert stealing all that money? I said, stealing wrong? Yeah, stealing wrong. You ever stole anything? Yep, you're going to hell. <laughs> you have to answer their questions quickly and learn. A, you don't have to have a lot of script. If you don't know a lot, just learn this. Mark it in your Bible. Carry a Bible with you so they can read it. Where is Teresa? That's the scripture I read to Hal in the hospital. And I looked at him and said, the same thing to you I just said. And I said, you're not going to hell for sinning. You're going to hell for rejecting Jesus. He already paid your debt. And see, he looked at me like, dang, that's good news. Yeah, it's called good news. I said, and then I took him to Romans 10, and I made him read it. If you believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead, you'll be saved. He grabbed my hand. I thought he was going to break my fingers. And he, he prayed, I believe Jesus. And I saw life hit him. And I only read two scriptures to him in the whole Bible. I only had 10 or 15 minutes with him and got him born again. Truth is powerful. Justin said it. This is power. The word is power. You have a lot of arguments, just read a scripture to them. It's power. And that script, Holy Ghost will talk to them all night about the scripture you read to them. And they'll go to bed at night going, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm mean, going, if I don't accept Jesus, I'm going to hell. I need Jesus, so I'm not going to get. Listen, that's, that, all their arguments are over because you just read the truth to them. Now, there's other scriptures you can learn, but those few, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this back to Justin. You don't need, David only had four rocks, and he only needed one. One scripture. Take any giant out. Just get real good. So, what do you think David did all day watching sheep? He slung rocks. A lot of rocks, nothing to do all day but sling rock. By the time he sees it's a giant, he goes, I ain't hit you 20 eyes, Jack. Yeah. So if all you're doing is reading John 3:16 through 20 every day of your life, it won't be long. That's, you just get to have a rock. Yeah. I'm fixing to get you saved. Yeah. And that's really all there is. Here you go. Yeah, that's great. Hey. All religions
1: offer lesson, but only Jesus gives eternal life.
0: After a while, sinners will never, they have about 10 things they'll talk to you about, and that's it. They will not, they don't have nothing new to say. You know, well, I'm a pretty good person, or I'm religious, or, so I, I said, I just made a, so you, you got to learn one-liners. Religions teach lessons. Jesus gives life. You are dead in sin, and you need Jesus. So Jesus said, here's a script. one scripture. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to God but by me. I said, that's not religion. That's relationship. And see, that one scripture will get a, I got born again with John 3.16. When I went to the Baptist church, they taught me one. You know, did y'all go to the Baptist church? Anybody go to the Baptist church? Did y'all? Do you have those little boards where they had your name on what you memorized? And everybody in the class had like twenty stars. I had one star.
1: (laughs) Pastor Lisa, the whole
0: time I went, I only learned John three sixteen. But the day I was in the crusade, that scripture got me saved.
1: Amen. So what we're going to didn't take a lot. Amen. Well, we may continue this. So there's a lot more to say on it. What I would like to do is this is a prayer to just pray with people. We will probably add more and make other ones of like how to t- approach people. Uh, I would love to take some of the things he said and put them in like a mini book on what he said tonight about. Salvation and talking to sinners. And that way, what they said was equip people with videos and tools to win people. And so we're gonna do that in this church. Let's pray. You guys are soul winning maniacs in Jesus' name. <laughs> winning souls to people coming to Jesus. We're gonna have five new buildings in five years. I don't know if I should confess that. Glory. Be giving away, you know, like salespeople. We're giving away a Porsche to the biggest soul winner. You know, we'll blow all the salespeople out. They'll be like, a big truck. That's fine, we'll do a, a four by four. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you. Father, that we're soul winners. We're teaching people about Jesus. You're equipping us for the works of ministry. I bless every person, Father. I pray tonight they'll go home different. They'll grab the material, the scriptures. They'll become bold soul winners for you in Jesus' mighty name. And you'll confirm the word with signs, wonders, and power in Jesus' name. And Father, lead people across their paths that are ready to hear about Jesus that wanna pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great night. We will see you guys Sunday morning. and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we